All right, and we're back. We're going to keep the good conversations going. But I wanted to just give you a quick update. You've heard us talk about our on-demand and how we're building it out, taking a different approach. And just released is the State of Security Education and Training. And it features our friends at Roger Williams University and IT Pro TV, along with some commentary from Paul to set it up. So this is the new format that we've been talking about. And uh, you can take a look at that, securityweekly.com slash on-demand. Check it out. Let us know what you think of the format. Let us know what you think of the content. Let us know anything, everything. But uh, hook us up and let us know how we can say that better for your particular direction. But now we're going to talk about why this is the best time ever to be in security. It's a real pleasure to welcome Thornton May to Business Security Weekly. Thornton is well known, not just in security, but in technology of countless accolades, fun, great keynotes. So he's keynoting at Secure World Boston. And if you get a chance to go see him, you will not be disappointed. And we're going to bring you a preview of that today. So Thornton, welcome to Business Security Weekly. And let's talk about why it's the best time ever to be in security. All right. Well, well, I, one, thank you for letting me be here. It's it's great to be here. Um, well, one of the, I think all of your listeners will agree that uh, we are we are we are we are entering an era. If you really look at the era, you know, we futurists look at time and everything. It, we're entering an era, if you will, where there is a general recognition, even on the part of the luddites, that poor security has consequences. All right, then we might, and that that's a general observation. And then we go. Another observation is that organizations are willing to expend resources to avoid security consequences. So, so, so those, that's the general zeitgeist, if you will. So that's going on. But then I'd like to quote, like one of the things I've done in my misspent career is um, way, way back, I used to help design the technology track in the Davos conference. And back in 2009, Thomas Friedman, at the end of the, that 2009 conference, he said, everyone is looking for the guy, the guy who can tell you, how do we get out of this mess and what should we be doing? But here's what's really scary. And he said this in 2009. That guy isn't here. That guy isn't here. But the interesting thing is, fast forward to 2018, that guy is here and he is us. He's the InfoSec and a risk uh, professional. So people are actually, actually willing to listen to us, right? They're looking for leadership. They're actually, they're crazy in deficit for leadership. So I, I, I ask um, I ask all my students, and I ask all the, I, I, you know, I, I'm on the road 204 days a year, right? So I spend a lot of, every five or six weeks, I, I, I go through about a, a, a thousand business cards. So anyway, I talk to a lot of people and I ask them the same question. I said, why is this a unique moment in history? And a couple of things they say, one is the cost of capital has never been lower. The cost of acquiring knowledge has never been lower. The capability to collaborate has never been lower, but here's the big one. The adherence to the status quo has never been lower. <laughs> so people want to change. So we are actually living in a revolutionary time. And so like, and who's going to step up? I think it's the digital, uh, I, think, I think it's the, um, the security leader. So that's why I think it's such a great time to be a security leader. We're just digesting that, Thornton. No, no I, that I was, was a lot say, to I, digest. I, 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 <laughs> I, I like it. So let's. So so why then do you think? And this might be a little bit far afield, but one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of people who are security leaders. I think two things are happening for them at the same time. One, they're not individual contributors anymore. Like, boom, right. you've been around long enough. Congratulations, right. you're the leader. 
P.S. Your success is now dependent on the team. Oh, and, and we'll give you some training on that in about a decade or so. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, nobody really understands security. So it's important, but they don't really know what it means. And they've taken somebody who's spent their career focused on the technology of it, right. and now they have to manage a team and explain it to people who don't completely understand it, but kind of know maybe somewhere it's important. And I think a lot of security leaders then just feel completely overwhelmed by this. So where do they start then? Because if it's a great time to be in security, what's their pathway look like? Well, well one is, I, 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 think, I think we're now at that space where the suits or the muggles, if you will, are now willing to take advice, all right? So that, that, that's a big step. I mean, because on the part of your classic alpha leader to, because there was a time, this is what's neat about this era, is that there used to be a time where, where acknowledging ignorance was a source of weakness. It is now a source of, if you will, strength. It actually is a signal mm. that says you are a good leader. So that's great. So now we have the opportunity to have that, 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 that communication. But now the challenge is, and I think you put your finger right on it, is that historically the security tribe, if you will, has not played well with other carbon-based life forms. Mm. <laughs> and, and, so, and so now, so, so now I mean, we really, it's like, so, so now we're, there's this great opportunity. If you, and, and yet, and that's sort of sad because like one of the wonderful things about being in security is that everybody is so smart. And so if you're so smart, you should be able to deal with other carbon-based life forms. So, so I think that's really where you start. Is it, it's all about communications and it's all about storytelling, and, and we've it, got great stories to tell. How, how do we Im- improve that, Thornton? Because we were just at a, a recruiting event and very, very smart kids, but I could certainly tell, having hung out with Michael and, and others, that they had no coaching or training on communications at all. <laughs> at well, all. Well, the, well, the interesting thing about that is communicate. We, uh, there's a general human, and particularly male, if you will, misunderstanding of communications. Because when we think communications, we think outbound. We think, yes. what is my message going to be? That was the problem. Great, yep. great communicators listen first. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing, and, and, and this is what, and we're, proce- I mean, our security tribe is brilliant at basically processing data. So all you have to do is ask the question and get out of the way and let the data wash over you. Mm-hmm. So, so, so and, and, and here is, I'm actually writing a book, I'm, I'm early stages of writing a book on uh, basically what does the ideal secure or, security organization look like? You know, and I'm, and I'm channeling or plagiarizing, you know, Plato's Republic, who is looking at what does the ideal, uh, if you will, like, you know, government look, look like? And, and so, but the, the, the place you start is you ask the question. Yes, and we ask what, you, what and, and one of the insights is, is that the ideal security organization meets or exceeds expectations. But to do that, you have to know what those expectations are. And so to get to know that, you have to ask. Yeah. It was one of the things that I think the turning point in communications for me was when Michael used the phrase expected outcomes. Mm -hmm. And coupled with a lot of other things that I've been reading lately, I was like, wow, that's that's really powerful. I use that so often now. And it's such a powerful phrase. And I, I find that, you know, when we were talking with students, they were kind of disinterested. In, they looked disinterested in what we were saying. And I'm like, well, it comes down to listening and then actually caring about what the expected outcome is from the party that you're working with. 
Exactly. And that's, and, and that's where it starts. And like, and, but we do have role models. I mean, Stephen Young, who used to be the, C, uh, the CISO at, um, at, at, at Kellogg's and, then, and now is the CISO at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of California, it all starts with empathy. It actually says, like, how do we, you know, we, we do the security thing. We understand security, but how do we make sure that our security, our activities in the secure, security space or security and, and, and you know, if tribe, Make sure that you realize your business outcome that you want. So we are actually the path to the muggles or the suits getting what they want. So we're so we're selling the right stuff. In in your d- description, you talked about being a security cartographer, right? And I I love that. So is that a new concept for you? Is that an old concept? And c- explain it for people so they they get a better sense of what that means. Okay, and, and that's a great question, and, and it links it right in with our conversation, because what, actually one of the most powerful ways of telling a story is to use a map, you know, is it, because a map, it, 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 it actually is, you know, there's a mirror, there's a photograph, and there's a map, all right, you know, and all of them have distortions, but, but a map is a, it actually says, this is where we are, and one of the fascinating things, and I, we, just, we just did this research, right, basically, with it, it only 40% of the global 2000 have a risk or security map, which is a pictorial disca- uh, description of where risk and security is going. So basically, I mean, if, if you actually have a map and basically say, where, uh, another interesting thing is ask the, the line of business executives or ask the C-suite w- to map, actually use that phrase, please map the security universe as you understand it today. And you're, what you will get is like, well, a lot of times you'll get, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, but, but, but actually, because, because it forces them to, one, draw the boundaries that they sort of have working subliminally. And it also reveals that, wow, we really are Early on, we have a lot of cognitive work to do, homework to do, to really get, wrap our heads around security. Because when, you, when, when you're in the security space and you're, and, and you're trying to uh, solicit expectations from the, the line, from the line of business, you can't just ask this question like, what do you think about security? Right? Yeah, it's good. You know, I'm against crime, right? You know, no, but, so, but, but Jeff, is, and, and so a map is a good way of sneaking up on them, right? You know, so they don't even, so like all of a sudden they come up with nothing. They say, and then they look at you and say like, hmm, can you help me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. No, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. So if somebody wants to start charting this out, um, right. what do you recommend? Like, how, like, so somebody's listening right now and they go, that's interesting. Okay, Thornton, I, I'm going to get them to start mapping it. In my right. experience, if I just go to somebody and say, all right, map it out for me, they kind of look at me saying blank stares. How do we get them started? Well, a couple of things is like, like, don't you, because a lot of people, they cheat because they use a technology surrogate for a map. Don't do that. Mm. Right? And, don't, don't. And, and another thing is, is security and risk maps frequently omit the traveler. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, they leave out the business and, and, and the whole reason you're having the conversation is that to involve the business. So you got it. So like, where do, where are they on your map? So that, that, that's actually a, a nuanced finding from this whole cartography exercise. But wh- wh- where you start, first you say, where are we, right? And, and I think you, we're pretty safe. Just no organizations, even the ones who are ahead of the curve, no organization will say, we are where we want to be. So the first question you say is, where are we? And then you ask the question, 
where do we want to go? And a lot of times they don't know. And so that's a, that's a good exercise to basically do some, uh, okay, let's do some workshops around that. Where do we want to go with regards to security? And, and, the, and one of the, the great things that's happened today or in the, secure world, the security world today is that there used to be this perception that where we want to go is we don't want any breaches, right? And that's a yeah. fool's errand because breaches happen all the time. What, what you don't want is you don't want to screw up the response to the breach. Right. Because it's exactly. it's never the crime, it's the cover-up that gets you. It's, well, and that Uber is a shining example of that. It wasn't yeah, the exactly. fact that they could breach, it was how they handled it that, that oh. drew so much scrutiny. Equifax too, right? Mm -hmm. you know, yes. I, I mean, it, it's because they're probably in there already, but it's how you respond to the hack, right? You know, and, and, and that is, and, and the only way you can do that is practice. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting um, it, it, that I think hits the bottom line to more and more companies today because we've seen breaches impact Yahoo. And that's another one that wasn't handled properly. But if you remember a while back, there was a small company that was passed up on Shark Tank. None of the investors wanted to invest in it. They made a smart doorbell called Ring. And if you remember, they were they had a security vulnerability way back in the day. And their response was awesome. They acknowledged it. They give you the technical details, the impact, and the most important thing is they pushed out a fix and communicated right. all of that well. Right, right. They were just acquired by Amazon for, was it $1 billion or $1.8 right. I think it was a right. billion dollars. $1.2. $1.2 yeah. they were acquired by Amazon. So that is kind of an, I mean, there's other factors there, obviously, but right. the fact that they handled the breach well, we talked right. about them in a positive light, and they went on to be very successful and have a, a successful exit. Right. Well, no, you're, it, it, so you just made the point is doing the right thing is actually the right thing to do yeah. <laughs> versus these, these shortcuts that just that they, they don't fool anybody. And ultimately, ultimately, transparency and honesty is the only way forward in the security space. So, Thornton, a lot of people in security sometimes have that zero sum game mentality right. that says, no, no. Any breach is bad. And, and look, everybody right. here agrees it's a fool errand to try to prevent all right. the breaches. We still have car accidents. Banks still get robbed. All sorts of things happen. Right. How do we start to change that perception then? Just talking about it? Or do we need to do something different about how we're managing security to help people realize, as you've already said, it's, it's not right. the breach that we're concerned about. It's what happens next. Well, how do I, we start I think to we're doing – I think we're, we're, the, the, the great unwashed are – Sneaking up on that on that insight, if you will. So, so if you look at some of the conversations that we're having at, like the National Association for Corporate Directors, which is sort of the trade association for you know global two thousand publicly traded directors. I mean, they're now they're. I think they're getting over the, the, this concept of uh, no breaches or or, or Mr. CISO, if you have a breach, we're firing your ass, right? No, no. They now suddenly recognize is the real win best practices and what you want what you will be evaluated on is the response so we're now seeing a whole lot of resource going into boardroom exercises in how do you respond to a breach and and the more authentic and the more real you can make it seem the more powerful that exercise is so and so I actually I, I think we've actually crossed and if they're not there I mean that would be a good stock to short. And, and another thing that another, if you look at the change elements going on in in in, in the world today, is a whole lot of, if you will, um, 
these uh, hedge fund guys are now actually, they're looking at how organizations think about security. And if they're not thinking about security the right way, they may be putting, they, they may be short selling those, those, uh, those equities. So let's leave that to then how how we're managing security and risk today. There's it's right. it's as so it's growing, right? So we started up by saying, okay, everybody knows it's important and they're mm -hmm. willing to listen and they want advice and it's a great opportunity. Right. So what is that? So let's go back to mapping it. So so where are we today in terms of how we're approaching it and thinking about it? And where do you think we can get to? What is that I like to call it the better tomorrow? What does that better tomorrow look like for people in terms of how we think about security and risk and how we think about how it's managed? Well, what are the, now, what are now you're pushing one of my buttons because there, there, there are two schools of thought. I mean, the, the path forward, some would argue that what we really need to make the world more secure and less risky is more security geniuses. You know, I mean, like we've got to make the smart people smarter. And but there, there are those and I tend to be in this category is that actually the world is much more secure and much less risky if we can make the dumb people less dumb <laughs> or the ignorant people less ignorant, all right? And, and so like with regards to security awareness, just the basics, I mean, and you guys all know, I mean, the statistics are unambiguous. I mean, what is it? Nine out of the 10 major like breaches basically were all known vulnerabilities. I mean, I mean, we, we can fix this stuff. I mean, I mean, we can actually fix it now. Where do you think we need to put that priority then? So is that does that mean that we need to kind of change the way that we look at security organizationally, top down, board down? I, is it a bottom up? Is it a somewhere between? How do we think about it? Well, no one. I, one of the things we have to get to is, is that we know we now we now know that bad security has consequences. All right, and but now they're sort of general organizational happens to target happens to equip. I think we have to make security consequences personal. And I really do think, and because we are living in a, because society, because civilization has become digital, and we just did a, a, a big, uh, at the Ohio State University with a major piece of research around it, is that as society becomes digital, there are digital responsibilities. I.e., you have, you know, to, like when, when we migrated from, when we, our ancestors came out of the trees and, and started walking erect, there were certain things as by, as, 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 as bipedal organisms we had to do. As digital entities, living in a digital world, we have some responsibility. And if you violate those responsibilities or you don't live up to those responsibilities, you don't get a pass anymore. I actually think we're gonna see, we're coming up, we're sneaking up on a time when you're gonna see line of business executives as part of their annual compensation, basically be security awareness and security behavior. And I also think you're going to see people be sued, or not sued, excuse me, not sued, but actually fired for bad security behaviors. You're going to start exfoliating like these uh, line of business guys who don't take security seriously. Do you think that gets driven then by, by like, you know, working with NASD and then the boards pushing this on to the executives to, to take a look at it? Or are you expecting the government to come in and things like uh, uh, GDPR and stuff to start to enforce that? Or do you think the answer is... Yep, it's important enough, it's bubbling up, and now the models have to change. But where do you see driving it? The models, well, you're gonna get both, you're gonna get, it's coming at it from both. The great organizations are doing it organically, i.e. it's the right thing to do and their culture embraces it, all right? So for example, at Kellogg's under Stephen Young, 
they basically, they really, they have 33,000 employees basically doing, you know, looking for, you know, bad behaviors with regards to uh, information security practices and information practices. So, so they, they've won that game. They've done a great, great job in that way. But, but one of the things, and it's a sad testimony about the state of our tribe or the state of our communication skills is that the government is going to have some regulations because that, and, and a lot of security people tell me, you know, after we've been drinking, they say that it would be so much easier if you just made a law that said they had to do the right thing. <laughs> hmm. And, and the problem is, I mean, and, and I, I don't mean, I mean this with great respect, but I'm not sure the right thing is what's coming out of the National Institute of Science and Technology these days. <laughs> you know, you know, standards. I, 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 I'm not sure. It's complex. This, it's it's I mean, really complex. Well, it's right? unimplementable. It's and so exactly what they've right. done. What they've done. What, uh, uh, all right. This. All right. Let, let me. IMHO, in my humble opinion, and my humble opinion comes from talking to Fortune 500 CISOs who off totally off the record say like. That's nuts because you've created a standard that no one to, can comply with. So what you've done is you basically said, like, you've created a law that is unenforceable, which means that everybody now is going to cheat. So I call th it the fallacy of controls. That's not the way to go. Yep. The idea that a control is going to solve yeah. the problem really just begets more failure, which begets more controls. And then we're on this crazy cycle. That's why I was asking exactly. some of those, those questions around it. So when people come and they get the chance to, to see you at Secure World, right. what are some of the things, I, I, you don't have to give it all away, but right. what are some things that, that they should expect to get? Like what, like you've, I, I love the optimism. I, I like right. to think right. I share it. So people now that are waking to this, what are some steps that they can take, Thornton? How do, how do they get started down this path? Maybe get ahead of the curve. Well, well the one thing is, is human agency is, is that what, what, what and, and by human agency is like we celebrate the fact that we are not victims. I mean, <clears throat> if I can make any impact on this industry, right, you know, in a modest way is like, is like <clears throat> the impact I want to make is that life is like life doesn't have to suck. All right. You know, I mean, we can you can actually win the security game. You don't have to be afraid of it. And <clears throat> honesty, because people want to hang out with security. Security people are the new cool people. I mean, I mean, the people want to go to cocktail parties with security people. It's a, I, it's, I, I've seen it happen. They, like it, 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 it's I've actually been to cocktail parties when somebody's like, hey, I'm an infosec. And actually people will. It's cool. It's the new black. So it, it it's actually is happening, right? And it's so, so you it's gotta, not. Can you gotta tell my wife that, Thornton? Oh, it, well, look, you're wearing black. Think I'm you're cool. a sexy guy. Look at you. What's gonna happen? <laughs> he's all he's all dressed in security black today too. That's I mean, right. It's, That's it's, right. Uh, it really just means that. Too, but no, I mean, but Paul embodies people, coolness because everybody because if you don't have a secure as an executive, if you don't have a story, if you don't have a, a, an elevator story about what's going on and what you're doing right about security and what you're moving and what, what dials are you pulling in security, you're going to be viewed. It's, it's going to be no longer socially acceptable. You're going to be, I think this, the, the, it's, it's sort of like the Amish. We're going to shun you. We're going to vote you off the island. So and, and what, what I'm hearing then happens, is that as this change shifts, the executives that are already, look, because every, every, study that's been done in the last four or five years suggests overwhelmingly boards and executives care about security. Right. I think if you push into them, it's always a, but they don't know what that means. They're not really sure what to do about it. And I think right. a lot of times what security people have done is they just, they revert back to what we know. I'm going to tell you about the technology. I'm going to tell you about the feature set. I'm going to tell you about bits and bytes. Right. And that's not what they're asking. 
So it sounds like now we're at that point where the executives are going to start asking even more questions and more pointed questions. So a security professional today who's excited, sees the opportunity, and wants to start connecting those dots can do the mapping exercises. How do they start communicating better with the executives? When they see an executive who shows an interest, Thornton, what do they need to do? How do we, how do we break some of that technical mindset and get more in, into whether it's the language of business or just the currency of having a better conversation? How do you get them started on that path? Well, that's exactly the way you do it. Is like One is you have to basically systematically have people collide. You it can't just be an annual, uh, you know, an annual budgeting exercise or an annual planning exercise. You have to, it, in, in, in the organizations that are sort of on the right path, security conversations, meaningful security conversations are actually part of the quarterly business review, the QBR. Right, basically, and also basically, if you go move into the public, uh, publicly traded environment, actually, security speak is actually included in the annual in, in the quarterly earnings reports. So, so, so that you've got we we are inserting security into the conversation and language of business. So we're at the beginning of the wave, basically. Like this is oh, oh, early days, early. I mean, what, what, yeah, it's, it's fully, good. It's gonna get better. We're, we're getting yeah. out of the, the guns and dogs and be afraid type of stuff. Now it's actually be bold, be leadership, be approachable. Yeah, and it sounds too like this. This lets organizations say things like, "Look, we know breaches are going to happen. We're going to get measured on our responses." So right. then we start talking about tolerance for risk. We start talking about acceptable stuff. Right. And that almost frees security people up to go focus on what's most important to the organization as opposed to trying to do everything all at once. That should feel like a relief, right? Oh, that's why it's the best time to be here because now yeah. they're no longer – because it, you know, it, it, because as you guys all know, compliance does not equal secure. <laughs> you know, and, so, and, so, and so we have all these rule-based – and that's where it goes. Are you a map reader or are you a map maker? And so we got to get to the point where you're saying, all right, this is what we call victory. And so another thing that it, it really becomes interesting is when you get you actually get the customer involved in this. It's like, what does security mean to the customer? So now you're having conversations both with the customer, with product development, and also with the, the entire enterprise. Because you can't, because really there is no product that no product comes without its own web page now, without its own call set, yep. you know, basically help yep. desk. And and so like and so like you are security people are the fact you know are are the essence of the enterprise. So we should and and we should celebrate that. them, and we are. <laughs> I love that. So people in Boston get a chance to come out and see you live at Secure World, and it sounds like they can catch you in one of, as long as they can make their schedule line up with your two hundred and some odd days on the road. Which right, gosh, I'm. I always appreciate people who can do that, Thornton. I'm, I'm not one of them. Uh, it was a blast having you on Business Security Weekly. Thanks for joining us and sharing an optimistic view for people uh, about what the future holds. I think we need that shot in the arm. Thank you. There is hope. There is hope. And, and, and the security professionals and security leaders are the people who, make, who will help us beat back the insect towards and help civilization continue. I think that was a I movie. love that. That was a movie. That was... What was that movie? Where they fight the insects. What movie was that? Now it's going to bug me. Anyway. Starship Trooper. Yeah, Starship Troopers. Thank you. Wait. Is it bad that I knew that, Paul? <laughs> no. All right, well, listen. We're, Thanks, Thornton. It's, 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 it's uplifting. So on that, we're going to end on a good note. Not Starship Troopers. We're going to end on hope for the future and making a difference. And seriously, I feel like this is the kind of interview. Go back, play it again. 
Thornton shared so much insight and knowledge. I know you're going to want to go check them out in person. We're going to take a quick break, which is a good chance to go check us out on Facebook security or it's a facebook.com slash security weekly. Uh, and you can find us there. You'll get the live broadcast. You can ask questions. We respond. Uh, you can interact with us, interact with your colleagues, check out all the cool stuff we've got going on whole network wide. When we come back, a bear, some popcorn and a sink for real. Not just a bad dad joke. Back in a minute. <laughs> 